Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In Chapter 2 of our study, we are studying Paul's instructions to Timothy. The instructions are being focused on different groups within the church. So far, we have seen men called to pray and women to adorn themselves with good works. Today on Drawing Near, Paul begins to instruct Timothy about leadership and order in the church. So please take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2 as we study creation and order. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. It is your word. You have inspired it. You have breathed it into existence. It is our authority on how we are to live as believers in your world. And Father, we pray that we would understand your word in the context with which you provide it, that we would recognize your authority to instruct and guide and direct, and our responsibility to humbly submit and obey. Give us faith, wisdom, and discernment. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. After Paul instructs Timothy that women are to adorn themselves with godliness, rather than focus primarily on the outward appearance. He then launches into this discussion on order in the church, on leadership in the church. He's going to talk about the role of men and women in the church. He's going to talk about pastors, and he's going to talk about deacons. It's important for us to understand, God has a plan for his church. Everyone within the body of Christ has a role to play in the body of Christ. One role isn't superior to another. We clearly see that throughout the New Testament. But our roles are different, and that is true of men and women. Now, one of the challenges in addressing any passage that distinguishes the role of women from the role of men is dealing with our cultural bias, our cultural beliefs. There are those who want to just strike this passage completely out of the Bible. They say, that we are in a different culture, that our civilization has progressed from this. That's assuming that Paul was writing based on cultural bias rather than being inspired by God. Once we say that things in the Bible can be ignored because they were written in a previous time or they believed a certain thing back then but we don't believe that today, we strip the Bible of its authority. We're saying God did not inspire all of the Bible, and we don't have to pay attention to all of the Bible. That's a very dangerous position, and it's not one that I'm willing to accept. So because of that, I take the Bible at face value, believing it is inspired by God, and I teach it accordingly. Are there difficult things to teach? Yes. Are there difficulties in understanding these things? Absolutely. But by faith, we trust in the wisdom of God rather than the wisdom of men. It doesn't take much to take a look around us and see what the wisdom of men has produced. The wisdom of God is righteous, holy, and we need to embrace it. With that said, verse 11 starts out in 1 Timothy chapter 2 by saying, A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. So what we see here, 
we have seen in other passages in our study, in Peter, etc. The Bible's teaching is, women have a place of quiet submission in the home and in the church. Peter tells us that a woman is to live submissively and quietly with her husband so that if he's an unbeliever, he might be saved by her godliness, by her good works. We see that somewhat in the context here, as Paul addresses that a woman's godliness is seen through her good works, that her beauty is portrayed in the way she lives. Paul emphasizes that with a woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. He goes on and says, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. The reason for this is seen in the following verses, and I hope you'll stay with me through this. He says, for it was Adam who was created first, then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Now, the first thing we need to understand here is, Paul is basing verse 12, that women are not to teach or exercise authority over man, but to remain quiet, on two aspects all the way back in Genesis. The first is the order of creation. God created Adam first, and then from his rib, God created Eve. And then in verse 14, it says, the fall in the garden has a part in this. That Adam wasn't deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. This is not to say Adam didn't sin. The Bible clearly teaches it, Romans clearly teaches, that through Adam, sin and death came into the world. This is an issue about deception. These two arguments have absolutely nothing to do with whether or not a woman is smart enough, talented enough, gifted enough to teach whether or not she has leadership skills, this doesn't address that at all. It simply says God created Adam first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. The fact that Eve was deceived doesn't mean that all women would have been deceived. But Eve was deceived. We must acknowledge what the Bible teaches about these things. So we need to see that God has a plan for his church and for the home. The man is to take leadership. He is to be the primary teacher and authority in the church, in the home. A woman is to receive instruction and leadership from her husband, quietly, with entire submissiveness. Is this easy? Absolutely not. (laughs) Does this appear to be degrading? To some. The truth is, this places an enormous responsibility on the man. The man is to pray for all men everywhere. The man is to exercise spiritual leadership. The man is to exercise spiritual wisdom in the context of the home and in the church. This does not mean that he doesn't draw upon his wife's gifts and abilities. A man who does not draw upon the knowledge and the wisdom and the insight of his wife or a woman in the church is foolish. But there is an order here. And with this order comes responsibility. God holds men responsible for what happens in the church and in the home. And we need to know that. Women have responsibilities too. But their responsibility is not to teach and exercise authority over a man. This is what God's word says, not just here, but in several places throughout the scripture. Now, 
With that said, let's look at verse 15. It says, but women will be preserved, literally saved, through the bearing of children, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. The very first thing we need to address in verse 15 is this. This is not talking about salvation from sin. This is not talking about that. We know what the gospel says. There are not two standards for people to be saved. The Jews, the Gentiles, male, female, rich, poor, wise, foolish, all have to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. This is one of the most challenging verses in all of the Bible, right here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. There are so many differing views on what this means that it can honestly be said we're not sure what this means. Let's take a look at what it definitely says. That women who are uniquely able to bear children, obviously men cannot, that they have a special place in the home and in the church. They are individuals who bring future generations into this world. That is a great privilege and a great responsibility. Because of that role, they have unique relationships with children in the emotional nurturing, the physical nurturing, and the spiritual nurturing. I believe with all of my heart, women impact their children for the gospel more than anyone else in the world. That bond between a child and his or her mother is so precious and unique that how she spiritually leads that child is critical. What this verse says is, women will be preserved through the bearing of children. There is a blessing. There is a recognition that comes with bringing children into this world and raising them in Christ. Then the last part, which says, if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. The question is, if who continues in faith, love, and sanctity with self-restraint? The women or the children? And the idea here is that verse 15 is referring to a spiritual aspect of bearing and bringing children into the world. As women bring children into the world, women are to live in that home situation in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. But I believe that this phrase also means that they are to teach their children by their example and their instruction to continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. We have in a husband and in a wife, in a male and a female, beautiful descriptions of what God plans in the gospel. We see Adam and Eve. We also see Jesus and the church. We see a mother and the child. We also see Mary and Jesus. We see how God plans in an orderly way to bring about godly people into this world. And we need to embrace the truth of God's word. We don't have to fully understand it. We don't even have to fully agree with it, but we do have to fully accept it. Again, this is not talking about superiority in any way, shape, or form. Man didn't choose to be created first. Man didn't choose not to be deceived. That's just what God ordained. That's what God did. That's how things came to be. Man didn't choose not to bear children. 
Women didn't choose to bear children. That's the order that God has given. We should see in this God's design and God's plan. And we will see that further in chapter 3. If you have questions about this, feel free to contact me. Feel free to study God's Word. Feel free to pray. If this ruffles a feather, (laughs) I understand. But God's Word is God's Word, and there are plenty of passages in God's Word that are challenging to me and that I would rather not be there. But I accept God's wisdom and God's will and God's knowledge and His sovereign lordship over everything as superior to anything that I think or feel. I hope you do the same. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenging parts that make us think and make us explore our own biases, our own prejudices, our own cultural influence. I pray that we will always be sensitive to the needs and the feelings and the thoughts of others, yet at the same time remain true to your holy word. Father, continue to work in our hearts and lives to bring about the likeness of Jesus Christ in our lives who himself was entirely submissive, received his instruction from you, and humbled himself and became obedient to something he did not want to do, death on the cross. Help us to follow that in everything that we do, his godliness, his humility, his lowliness, and his willingness to serve you by faith regardless. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.